0: Hi, guys. Uh, Thank you for listening to the Anish Experience. Whether this is your first time listening or you have been with the podcast since the beginning, I do want to thank you for tuning in. Today is my second interview of the podcast with someone who I've always admired. who goes by the name of Nisha Sharma. Nisha Sharma is a managing director in Accenture's mobility practice, with over 20 years of IT experience and over 15 years of experience with mobile solutions, strategies, and assessments. She works directly with business and IT executives to provide guidance on leading practices and develop their organization's mobile strategies. Prior to mobile, she spent over five years in Accenture's security practice working on various IT security projects. She received a Bachelor of Science in Computer Engineering from Virginia Tech. In this interview, we discuss her early upbringings and motivations for getting into tech, as well as how far she's come uh, in Accenture and sort of what the lessons she's learned uh, as she's gone through her journey. So I do hope you enjoy the uh, interview, and here it is. Um thank you, uh, uh, Nisha, uh, for being on the podcast with me. I really do appreciate it. Um, and so for people who don't really know your background, can you just give a, a brief introduction about yourself?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, yep, my name is Nisha Sharma. I am a managing director at Accenture, and uh, I've been at Accenture all my life, basically, you know, right out of college, started, and um, I've been here ever since. Now it's been uh, just uh, just exactly 20 years. And um, my, my area of focus is in our digital practice. And so really what I do is I help our clients with, um, you know, implementing technology to really um, transform their businesses, right, and, and take advantage of the new digital technologies, whether it's like mobile technologies, um, machine learning, uh, uh, you know, AR, VR kind of stuff. I mean, whatever, uh, IoT, the latest, you know, digital technologies just to um, – to really change the way that, that they do work. And, and um, I'm also uh, part of our Google business, um, our practice, and so I'm responsible for our offerings and solutions that we take to our clients all around the Google technologies.
0: Okay, cool, perfect, thank you for that. And I sort of wanted to start, um, I, I think I'll sort of touch on the job sort of a little bit later, but I really wanted to start uh, where, where, where it all started sort of for you. So I know, I know you went to high school and grew up obviously in Virginia. And I remember there was, so you, did you guys, were you guys actually born in Canada, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I was
1: born in Canada. Okay. Um, I've got two sisters. We were born, we were all born in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, uh, when I was eight years old, um, mm-hmm. my dad got a job in the U S mm-hmm. um, and so we moved a little kind of cul-de-sac, like at the en- end of it. And we had a lot of friends in the neighborhood. And, um, you know, I remember walking to school, which is uh, something I didn't do in Virginia. I didn't have to walk to school, right. but I remember that in Canada. I remember the cold winters and the, and the snow. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, a really fun time. And so, you know, I was, I was there until I was about eight, right. But, uh, yeah, but uh, I remember, I
0: remember, I remember the right family
1: you. experience.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. so when you, when you moved to obviously Virginia being, being young and going to a new school and completely different environment, what was that like growing up, um, in elementary and high school? And did you, did you sort of have to deal things that you didn't necessarily have to in Canada or, or what was that like?
1: Not that I remember really. I mean, I, I, I think the one thing that, um, still kind of sticks to me was, you know, just, uh, I remember um, getting in trouble for spelling mistakes <laughs> because <laughs> I would spell things, you know, like, um, like O-U. Yeah, like the in O-U, of course. And, yeah, yeah, I still Virginia, do that today. Yeah. It wasn't that way, right? And, right. Yeah, and I remember getting in trouble for that. And I'm like, that's not wrong. And, um, and I that's when I learned, I'm, oh, there's actually a difference. Uh, but, yeah. um, but otherwise, I think it was pretty smooth. Uh, you know, I, I mean, you know, as a kid, you know, you, you adapt pretty easily. And um, I didn't... Uh, Uh, you know, I think it was pretty smooth overall.
0: Right, okay. And so your experience, so going to high school in Virginia and obviously getting into um, Virginia Tech, I know your background's in computer. You did a computer engineering degree, is that right?
1: That's
0: right. Yeah. And so where did that that come from, that inspiration?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, well, so my my dad, um, he worked at IBM, uh, as did my mom. And, um, you know, so my dad used to bring home, like, all these computers and all these like, you know, cool technologies and, and things like that. I remember when he first brought home um, our, our first computer, which was this IBM PC Junior. And, um, you know, we were like, what, what is this? Right. And, um, uh, and and that's I just became fascinated with it. And uh, I started to get into programming a little bit. And, um, you know, I, I just I just really got hooked to it. And then uh, in my high school, uh, they started off class- And so I took those. I think um, I think I had a a few years of um, computer science classes, uh, and I just really enjoyed it. I I really so I I just knew that I wanted to do something with computers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so when I was deciding, you know, what I wanted to study in college, it really became a choice between computer science and computer engineering. And um, I decided to go down the engineering path. Okay. And uh, yeah, then I've just been, you know, fascinated with the technology world ever since.
0: Right, and so so that early experience, because I think, I, so I was talking to a friend about this um, a, a couple of days ago, about just how, so where, where do these things come from for inspiration? So for example, my background was like went through high school thinking I was going to be a doctor went through medical school finished medicine and at the end of it decided against it and so he asked me an interesting question um, which I think I, I, I want to sort of ask. is there um, so when you when you were growing up and you having your dad come home with IBM computers and your mom and your parents being involved do you think that really shaped the experience to, for you to get into tech or do you think it was when you were at school uh, when you went to um, uh, university as well and you saw that like it was really interesting and that sort of pushed you in the way or was it a combination No, I think,
1: I think it was really, um, I think it was, yeah, the influence from my parents because in school I didn't, I didn't really know any, anybody doing tech stuff. Like, I I mean, it Mm -hmm. wasn't,
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. I
1: don't remember talking about, you know, compute computers and technology and, you know, that kind of stuff in school. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, I remember it as, you know, what, what I experienced at home. Um, and, um, you know, I remember like, you know, my dad used to build stuff. Like he built our TV, and he would build like you know these fancy clocks, and you know he he built like all these things. And he did a lot of um he he liked to do a lot of woodworking type things as well. Uh-huh. And I I I just you know I I really liked that too. And so you know I would ask him, hey, can I help with this? Can I do this? And he would you know he would encourage me to do so as well. Uh-huh. And um you know if something was broken, and he's like, oh, we'll take a look, see so what you know why, why is it broken, right? Or or something like that. And um. So I think it was more there. Um I don't think I don't really think any of my like school friends or anyone, you know, kind of really had that same kind of interest as I did.
0: Okay.
1: Um so yeah, I think it was really heavily influenced by my my dad.
0: Okay, and then and so when you when you were starting and when you had this interest early on in computer science, I assume a lot of the people in your classes were not uh, girls, and there wasn't a lot of girls who were in tech or who were interested in tech. Did that? Did you find that interesting at all when you were starting out, or did that really pose any problems for you, or not necessarily?
1: Honestly, I never thought about it. Um, you know, I, I mean, um, I don't I don't ever remember that. Oh, there weren't, or there weren't other girls. I mean. either it didn't bother me or I didn't even really notice Um, Uh but you know I never it honestly never was an issue and then even when I went into college um, you know I was in my class of 100 people in computer engineering four of us were were girls and um, even there you know it didn't really bother me uh, you know and um, you know it it was just like okay it is what it is right and uh, and, and, you know then when I went into work and Uh so on um so yeah early on I never really thought about it much.
0: Right. Honestly. Okay. And so so after that so you went to you went to University of Virginia Tech. How what was that experience like just I think like being being at a university with people who were sort of interested in the same sort of stuff that you were into.
1: Yeah, no I I loved my college experience. I mean it was um you know Virginia Tech was about a, a just shy of a 4-hour drive from home. So I lived on campus there and um you know, there, of course, and a lot of people uh, from my high school had gone there as well. It was, you know, one of the, you know, close by schools that, that people did go to. So I had friends from high school there as well. Um, and interestingly, I think some of my high school friends I became better friends with in college because then they also started to get into some of the technology fields too. So, okay. you know, that was, um, that was interesting. And, of course, you know, I, I found a whole bunch of new friends um, as well. And, uh, you know, I I think just the learning experience and, um, uh, you know, just just being on your own and I think just kind of finding, you know, your own friends and finding um, your own interests, exploring new interests that, you know, I perhaps didn't at home, um, you know, that was really nice. The other thing too was um, in in Virginia Tech they offered uh, what they call a co-op program, okay. and so that was basically where you alternate a semester of work and a semester of school. Right. So so, um, so it basically extends your college experience to five years instead of four.
0: Yeah. And so but you get what you get know, like a that. year's
1: worth of experience uh-huh. yeah exactly and so I mean back then I, I didn't even know I didn't even know that existed but you know I I um, took advantage of that and I really um, enjoyed it so I, I really liked the ability to you know go for a semester then basically you know be home and go to work for a semester and then go back uh-huh. um, so it was a nice mix of you know real world work and the college
0: experience and so um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Okay, and so when you, when you got introduced to co-op, did you try your hands at sort of different things within your field, or did you always sort of know that you wanted to try and you wanted to go eventually to Accenture?
1: Yeah, well, um, basically what they did was, you know, they, when you said you were interested in the co-op programs, and they, they helped you find, um, you know, a, uh, a company to work with, and of course it was aligned to what you were studying, right? So in my case, computer engineering. So they they helped me find a job that had to do with, you know, computer engineering. In my case, it was programming and um, you know building stuff and whatever. So so I worked in a couple of companies where um, you know I was there. Um, uh, you know they treat you almost almost like an I mean they treat you like an intern, right? And yeah, so, of course. Uh, I was coding. I was developing things. Um, I was you know. Participating in meetings and you know all that kind of thing that um, you do at work. <laughs> Yeah, um, but, uh, but 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 uh, I really enjoyed just being able to you know have that hands-on real-world coding experience and to be building things that you know companies are actually using, and uh, I you know I, I I thought that was really valuable.
0: Right. Okay. And so so eventually, so after you finished, you you ended up at Accenture, where you said you've been for um, a number of years now. What what uh, what path did you get to originally at Accenture? And then, sort of, where did you go from there?
1: Yeah. So um so first you know Accenture they were called Anderson. Consulting at the time, but um, they came to campus, and and that's where they were interviewing. And I had no idea what Anderson Consulting was, um, but uh, that's when I first learned what con- what consulting is all about. And I thought it was really interesting. Um, I really liked the idea of you know it's this project based. Um, you know, work environment, right, where you, you get to work on projects, you know, for a short amount of time, and then you go on to another one, right, and you just keep building these experiences, and I, and I thought that was really interesting, and I had no idea really, like, okay, what am I going to do, like, you know, what, from a career perspective, like, what does that really mean to mm-hmm. me, um, given that I studied, you know, computer engineering, and I knew what I did in my, in my you know, co-op um, jobs. So I didn't really know what to expect, but I, you know, went through the process, and um, I was brought in to, um, as, as an analyst position, that's the, um, you know, the kind of entry-level positions, yep. and uh, I was um, put on to a project where I was coding. I was building some software for, um, uh, for one of our clients, and, uh, you know, so so that's what I started doing. Um and then I, I it was, and it was an awesome project. I mean, this this project that we had was for the Air Force, and um, oh, wow, okay. I was um, I was working with, uh, um, you know, one of my colleagues, and she was in the security practice. And so, you know, about a year and a half into my um, project there, it was, it was actually one of my longer projects, but um, I, I really started to, I, I came to a point where I said, I don't want to program anymore. (laughs) Right. Um, because, you know, it's like I I I tried it, you know, I I was doing it and I was like, I don't want to be doing this forever. Because to me it wasn't it wasn't challenging enough, right, in in that way because I'm like, okay, it's it's developing, I can do this. Yeah, maybe you move from language to language but it's still kind of, you know, the same thing. At least that's what I thought at the time. And so um, so my, my uh, colleague, she was in the security practice. And and as I started to learn more about what she was doing, and that kind of work, I became really interested in that. And, and I said, that's, that's where I want to go, right. And, and it and I could make the, the connection, because I knew, you know, I knew how to build the software, I knew how to, you know, I knew how to code it. And I knew what we were, you know, what we were doing there. And then I, you know, it was, it was easy to say that now I want to go to the security side because I want to be able to help people protect, you know, their data and protect the code and protect what they were building, secure right. it, right, and lock it down and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it, it was a great transition. I, I got into that, and um, I was doing security consulting work for, um, for several years. Okay. And, um, you know, I would say maybe four or five years into it, I started to get into mobile and wireless security, Okay. And um, and so that's then where I kind of made the leap into mobility, which was kind of the next
0: the next phase. Okay, and so when you when you were, like, so what what sort of lessons did you learn from the security sector that either you still apply today or you think that's important and still relevant, um, like, just for the average consumer to know about?
1: Um, I mean, you know, first of all, there's no such thing as absolute security, right? I think that's, that's
0: the lesson number one is yeah. that, you know,
1: nothing is ever, you, you can never say that something is secure. You just can't do it <laughs> because, right. you know, if someone wants a way in, they will find a way in. And so the best that you can do is really put things in place to, you know, to try to make it as hard as possible to make it, you know, um, and then just to be able to, to know when something is happening and then be able to react to, to it quickly, right? And so, I mean, these, you know, I think that's something that people should know is that nothing is 100% secure, right? You, you know, people worry that, oh, my God, my data is going to go out or, or someone's going to have access to this or whatever, Yeah, there's a chance, no matter what we do, that, you know, something could happen. But, you know, companies are trying their very best, their hardest, to lock it down as much as they can. And, um, you know, but, you know, things happen and, you know, you just have to know when it does, how do you react to it. That's that's really, I think that's
0: one of the biggest lessons coming up. You're you're in with uh, mobile and you do, um, you help companies sort of integrate using mobile and VR and AR and different uh, technologies. You also mentioned at the top um, that you sort of work and do some work with Google. Can you can you speak to that um, at all and how that experience has helped you um, grow? You know, the mobile space has changed dramatically,
1: oh, right? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, when I started, I mean, that was a time when, you know, we were, you know, companies were using, um, they're just starting to use Blackberries and Windows, you know, devices and, yeah. and things like that. And, uh, you know, it was all about helping them, you know, what do we even do? What does mobile mean? You know, how how are we going to use this stuff? Right? They went from giving phones, basically mobile phones, to everybody, um, to now at a point where you know we are we are really changing the way that people do work using mobile technologies. And so, of course, you know, during this time, I mean, you know, I you know, Apple came out with the iPhones and that really transformed you know our experience with mobile devices. Android came right after that. And uh, you know, I think um, what what we've been doing really is helping clients, enterprise clients, use these technologies. Um, you know, not just for the sake of using technology, but as a way to really change the way that they do business. And so, you know, a lot of a lot of what was happening was driven by what was what we were seeing in the consumer side, right? So, all of us, right, as individuals. We're getting phones. We're we're you know using iPhones and Android devices, and you know we have this whole app experience. And um, you know we're we're just we we know from our personal lives how to use these things, but it's harder in the workspace because you know there there's there are first of all you know security concerns, privacy concerns, and and all of that kind of stuff. But you know at the same time, you want to make sure that you're building applications and solutions that. Um, are actually having an impact in, in your business, right? And, and so, you know, that's where we really have to work with our clients to, um, to build and design something that, um, that, meets their experience, that, that meets their requirements, right? And so, um, you know, I think uh, working with Google, I mean, so the interesting thing there was that, you know, especially when I started getting involved with them about four years ago, it was, you know, it was really how do we help them, you know, drive more Android in the enterprise. And because at the time, uh, you know, iOS was the dominant one in the enterprise and, you know, they wanted to, um, you know, make a make a bigger play there. And so, you know, we were just really trying to help them with the whole iOS versus Android thing. I don't think that's so much of a, a, a you know, a debate now. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot happening in that space, but, yeah. you know, it's really now about, okay, what else can we do on top of the mobile devices, right? Whether you choose iOS, whether you choose Android, what else can we do? And so this is now, I think, the really exciting part where we start to bring in machine learning and we're looking at, you know, what we call extended reality, which is, you know, the augmented reality, the virtual reality, um, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's just incredible the kind of work that, that we're doing now with, um, with companies in this space.
0: Right, and so I guess a sort of follow-up to that, because I actually – so we sort of uh, discussed this um – um, inter- internally actually at work because uh, we were sort of thinking about the next steps that companies can take and in integrating especially sort of AR and VR um, and wh- where does that take us especially sort of with AI uh, and now big data and is there like can, can you talk at all like a, a project you've worked for I, I mean I know probably some stuff is confidential but anything that you sort of looked at that you are the most excited about uh, that, or that um, is coming to the market soon that you think could actually be a big game changer? Well
1: I think I mean you know if you look at companies like Google and, and Amazon and so on. I mean, they're they're really doing a lot of a lot of great things in the in the machine learning space. And a lot of what we're doing is obviously going to be built on top of what these big platform companies are, are providing, right? And are able to offer. And, and we do see a lot of kind of small, you know, like startups and, and other companies doing things on their own. But I think in the enterprise, a lot of what we're doing um, is with these larger platform companies. But you know, I think um, in the in the space of machine learning, especially, um, or, or I would say, machine learning, um, AR, VR, and um, and IoT. I think these are these are like the big areas right now. Right, and IoT being the Internet of Things. And so, um, you know, with machine learning, uh, my team, my team and I did this project. Actually, um, it was it was actually out in the news, but it was for a, a pest control company. And um, you know what they wanted to do was um, figure out like how can we better help the pest control technicians identify different types of bugs and um, and you know uh, pests and things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know uh, it, it was it was a really fun project because what we did was we um, we used machine learning as a way to help automate the process of identifying different pests. So basically, you know, we we took all these images of different types of cockroaches and beetles, and we trained these models to learn the differences between them so that basically we then created an app that the um, technician could then just use, take a picture of, you know, the, the dead cockroach or whatever, and then, you know, the the app would just say that's a, uh, you know, American cockroach or, you know, whatever the... Whatever the type was, and then um, it would suggest, you know, here's how you can remediate it, here's what you can, you know, do to fix it, um, you know, here's what you, uh, sorry, what you can do to prevent it, right, and, and that kind of thing, so, you know, that was a, was a fun one, we did that one a few years ago, and it was in the early days, but, um, you know, there have been several other things, I mean, we were doing some things around um, using machine learning to, Identify um, empty parking spaces in a parking lot, right? So, for example, you you might go to a, let's say, like an airport parking garage or a mall parking garage, and you now you're starting to see those sensors, like the color sensors, yeah, right, that tell yeah. you yes, it's just empty or or occupied. But we can, but those require actual sensors and devices out at each parking space. But we what we were able to do was use cameras. Um, you know, the the camera images that were coming even from just like the uh, security cameras and such and use that to identify empty parking spaces, right? So that's using machine learning to figure out what's empty, what's occupied. Um, You know, so, I mean, there's there's a lot of great use cases in every industry um, around, you know, machine learning, um, much more advanced than that. I mean, those were examples of using uh, computer vision and, and those types of things. But, um, you know, a, a lot more happening around prediction and, um, you know, the, the natural language processing space, I think, is an interesting one, too, where, you know, now, of course, you're, you're seeing things like Google Home or Alexa or, um, you know, all these different, you know, voice um, voice tools, right, that we've got. Um, but there's there's more than that happening in the enterprise as well as we're looking to take these types of voice um you know these voice technologies to help in the you know at the at the call centers or help um, in the drive-throughs or help you know in in all these different um, uh, use cases as well. So I think you're going to see a lot more happening there also. And in the space of augmented reality, virtual reality. that's an interesting space because the technology is really amazing and it's really cool, right? I mean, there's there's so much fascinating stuff happening there. But when you look at, okay, how do I actually use this in the enterprise, it becomes a little bit tougher because, you know, you have to find the right use cases. And where we are seeing a lot of interest in, especially like virtual reality use cases, even augmented reality use cases, is in the educational side. So for things like training – Mm-hmm. Um, you know, helping people to do things on their own or, you know, that kind of thing. There's, um, there's, there's a lot happening in, in that space. So, you know, it, it, it's so many amazing technologies, it's, and, and what we have to be careful of, you know, we can't just implement this technology for the sake of implementing technology. We have to be able to find the right use cases that are providing some real business value to our clients and ultimately to our end users um, you know, it, it, as we as we do so, so that's that's the real challenge. Okay, and
0: I guess a, a sort of follow up um, to that, which um, I, I we have sort of talked about um, uh, this week, is that uh, with all this big data coming out and with using machine learning and using AI. Uh, to, to use these data sets for obviously good. I guess the other side of that is you could technically use it for bad. And also if you are now implementing this at a business level for the end consumer, are there unintended consequences, for example, that could come up? And so you look example for the, like at Facebook and and how much they are using different types of learning, but at the same time stuff can get out and stuff can get leaked and that could potentially influence and heavily influence um, big elections. So do you, are you, when you look at the technologies that that are coming out and the way that you're working with them now on a day-to-day basis, are you more hopeful about the, the way that it can change or are you also skeptical because there is a lot of stuff and, and, and the way technology is going is it's evolved exponentially faster than human evolution, which I think also brings up an interesting point that this is now exceeding um, what we've even been doing and you're, you're on probably on the front lines of this. So can you sort of talk to, is there anything that, that is making you a little bit um, hesitant? um, with, with, where the way things are going? Personally, for me, no, because I, I am very
1: much an optimist and I am really excited about the technology and, you know, how all the, all the big impact it can have in a, in a positive way. Um, of course, you know, yes, as we, as we work with our clients, I, don't, I think, you know, the, the concern is just, you know, how do we make sure we're doing this in a, in a, you know, in a, as secure a way as possible, right? And, and of course, we're always looking, you know, to, um, to address that. But I think right now, especially for me and, and, you know, my colleagues and such, it's really more about, you know, how can we use this technology to really make an impact in the way that, you know, our businesses are operating and, and you know, the kind of um, experiences that we're able to provide people. Um, but, you know, at the same time, yes, people are, are also thinking about, you know, the ethical, um, you know, the, the ethical concerns of, um, of, of AI, of, uh, you know, all of this and, you know, responsible AI and, you know, all the, um, you know, the making sure that um, what we're teaching these machines, what they're learning is, you know, um, inclusive, is, is diverse, right? Like all of that. Um, you know, so, so I think we're still learning. I think we're still, you know, in, in that, um, early, you know, stages of this, but I think right now there's just a lot more optimism and positivity, um, rather than the, the negative side. Okay. From what I've seen.
0: Yeah, no, and that's, I think a good point because I think, yeah, like, I think, People tend to be generally just quite skeptical. I mean, especially I'm sure, I'm sure in the US with the way the news is going, everything every day that you see is always negative. And so it's I think important to, to understand that yeah, there is a lot of a lot of good that can come out of this and even though there are, there is bad things that happen, you also we're also flooded I think with that information much more often than really the positive information and and what's really going on. So I think I think that's a good point. And I also don't want to take um too much more of your time. So I'm just going to sort of end off with a couple questions, um, just to sort of tie everything together. Um, so the first one I have is if you had to give one piece of advice to your 18 year old self uh, for where you are now or how much you succeeded, uh, what would it be? <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Well, I you know the one thing I think I would I would. Um, Advise myself, and really, any any 18-year-old uh, now is, you know, don't don't be afraid to change. Um, you know, I think we're we're living in a world, um, you know, where the the pace of technology change is so dramatically fast. Um, you know, compared to what it used to be. In fact, there are like these really cool. Um, uh, you know um, infographics out there that show you like how, how how different it's been right like if you look at how long it took to adopt um, you know to, to get widespread adoption of a telephone or so that was around like you know 50 years or so right and then you kind of look at radio and television and, and those types of things it gets shorter and shorter but we're now at a point where technology, you know, I mean, we're seeing, like, days, right, of, of uh, in which, you know, we're adopting these things. And so, you know, we, we have to expect that we are going to constantly be evolving, and we have to be able to adapt to that. And so, you know, I, I, I'd say don't, don't just say, hey, this is what I'm going to do, and, you know, this is what I want to do forever or, or whatever, but just recognize that, you know, it's going to change, and you need to be able to adapt to it. And, um, and that's okay. Right. And, and you should be fine with that and, and, um, be flexible enough to, to accommodate. So, um, you know, but, but also just keep learning. Right. I think, I think that's the other thing is that, you know, again, just given where we are, um, and, and what we're dealing with every day, I think it's important that we just have to keep learning, keep keeping up with what's happening, um, whether it's technology wise or just, you know, what's happening in the world. Um, just keep learning and uh, and then have fun. I think those are those are the three things. Okay, no. <laughs> that's just one, three things.
0: Perfect. Uh, I guess. What uh, What do you think was uh, the greatest failure in your life, either personally or professionally, uh, and what did you learn from it that you still apply today?
1: Yeah. So the I, I think one of my greatest failures was one of my earliest failures, um, and and that was in college when I um, I basically became addicted to the internet because, uh, you know, that was back in uh, like 94 timeframe, right? And um, uh, I, I, you know, had a computer at college and, you know, we were hooked up. I mean, you know, early days of the internet and I was just hooked and I got a hook to this, this thing called IRC. And it's the internet relay chat. I was on it all the time. And as a result, I failed for the first, like I failed a class for the first time ever Um, because, you know, all through school, all through high school, I was a straight A student, um, you know, maybe got a B here or there, but, you know, never any, anything less than that. And so here I am in college and I get an F for the first time and, and it just freaked me out. And, um, and I remember calling my mom. And, you know, it's like, oh, my God, I, I you know, got an F in this class and I was crying and, you know, all that. And, of course, you know, after she yelled at me, she's like, you know, why, why are you crying? Right. It's, what's done is done now. You know, what are what what are you going to do about it? Right. And and so then that, I think, really taught me a few things, um, which still, you know, apply to me today. Um, but first of all, is that, you know, yes, you will. There are always going to be distractions. There are always going to be other things happening, and you have to really learn how to manage those and prioritize, mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 really know what's what's important, right? And um, not to say that you know, you know, the internet was bad or, or whatever. You know, of course, I can't live without the internet today, even. But you have to manage it. And you have to live around it. And, you know, you, but but you still have to know what your priorities are. And then you know, the second is yes, things will happen in life you just, you know, you can't sit and dwell on, on things that have happened. You have to move on and you have to figure out how to, you know, when something does go wrong, how do you recover from it? And, and, you know, you, you just keep going. And so I think, um, you know, those are, are two of the big things that, uh, I learned quite early
0: on. <laughs> okay, and and I, I guess I, I sort of want to want to end on the last one. I think that I've I've actually been starting to uh, try and read a little bit more because I think that's probably the best way to, to keep learning and to continuously um, sort of grow yourself. So from from your perspective, I don't know um, if there's if is there one book that you would recommend that you think every single person uh, should read about.
1: You know, I would honestly, I don't read a lot of nonfiction. OK, <laughs> um, I read a lot of fiction books. I, I feel like I just read a lot of technology books and I read yeah, not books, I should say, like a lot of articles and things online. So I, I just really can't get into nonfiction, um, you know, like all the career type. Yeah, or, no, but even or, you know, from a fiction perspective, even books. something
0: you think that, like, taught you a lot or thought was an interesting story, or...
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the books that, that really still stands out to me was... Um, I, I read this book. Um, it was it was a historical fiction story, um, and it's called The 20th Wife by Indus Nuresan. And um, I, I it was one of my first kind of historical fiction books, but I just really enjoyed learning and and, you know, um reading the story about um, you know, that took place back in the Mughal Empire time. Um, right, and and it's about um, you know, uh what life was like uh living in like a harem type of a society and uh, you know, in this emperor's court. And um, you know, it was it was quite fascinating. And uh, you know, it just it just kinda takes me away from the technology world and, you know, kind of puts you back in another time where you know, they had none of this stuff, right? And um, just what life was like back then. And um, it was it was just a, a nice, um, you know, a, a nice, uh, w- you know, way to think about uh, life before any of this existed.
0: Yeah. So
1: no, and I think that might I be think, something interesting.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point is that I think we, we tend to get caught up in sort of every day um, and sort of what sort of happens in us and what and what it is going forward. But I think history, I mean, is always a great teacher and, and there's people who have lived for thousands and thousands of years where there are obviously central themes according to everything. And I think people forget that you can look back and it's important to look back to history uh, to really learn. Even even though technology is changing and even though the world is changing at a completely accelerated rate, there are things that in the past uh, that still can sort of guide us um, and keep us going. Um, so I think that is that is a good point. Yeah,
1: and it, and it kind of takes you back to, the, you know, to the fundamentals of our, of our life, right. I mean, which is, you know, the relationships that we have, our, our families and, you know, just all these things that, you know, exist that you don't need technology to have those, you know, necessarily, but um, you know, and, and uh, it's just a reminder of, uh, you know to to not forget those
0: things. Yeah, for sure. But well, thank first of all, thank you so much. Uh, I really really do um appreciate this. I I also want to apologize because of of course the technical difficulties um probably on my end, so I do want to say sorry for that. But I think I think it was really helpful and I I want to thank you for your time. If if people wanted to reach out to you or get some more information, um what what do you think is the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can uh, send me an email, nisha98 at gmail.com, um, or I'm also, like, on Twitter. Um, that might be a way, Mobile Nisha. That's the easy way to find me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's probably the easiest
0: way. Okay, perfect. And then I guess any, any sort of last parting thoughts?
1: No, I think that's it. I mean, like I said, you know, just uh, just keep learning, have fun, and, uh, yeah, enjoy it.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. I uh, really, really do appreciate it, Nisha.
1: No problem. Thanks,
0: Anish. Perfect. Hi guys, it's uh, me again. Just want to say a few words before you leave. I do hope you enjoyed the interview, as uh, I certainly did and learned a lot about someone's perspective uh, on the front lines of uh, working with technology with businesses. Uh, I do also want to apologize for the technical difficulties uh, experienced during this episode. Unfortunately, uh, the Wi-Fi in my place is not great, and uh, I tried to make do with the best that I could, but I do apologize and I'm going to try and look into it a little bit more to see if I can uh, make it a little better next time. But uh, thank you for listening. Uh, again, please do follow the Anish Experience on uh, Facebook. That's uh, the best place to go, uh, as that's the one where I'll be posting the most information, as well as we do, I do have an Instagram page uh, at the Anish Experience. And also, if uh, you do have friends who you think would be interested in this episode or subsequent episodes or what I'm doing, uh, please let them know and let them listen. So uh, thank you, and uh, remember to always stay curious.